Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. On this fourth Easter Sunday, I'm looking at the prophet Jeremiah and Matthew's Gospel, therefore deviating from the revised common lectionary readings. Our readings comes to us today from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. Verse 31 is the verse that I've singled out to share some thoughts with you today. Our Gospel reading comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 to verse 30, and Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1 to 10. The verse that I've singled out to share some thoughts with you comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew, chapter 26, verse 27. But let us start with Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 31. It reads as follows. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And then from the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 26 verse 27, it reads as follows. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Come, let us join together in prayer. Lord, as we gather in our homes, we are conscious and keenly aware of your presence with us. Your Holy Spirit convicts us of our disobedience when you call us to follow your example. We have gone astray. And we find ourselves in a dark, cold and uncomfortable place. And sometimes we feel that there is no option to return to you. But when we stand in your presence and seek your forgiveness, you always open your arms wide and you welcome us. As you lead us to streams of living water, we pray that you will replenish us by the living stream of your word this morning. And so let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And so in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so friends, our reading is Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. And the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 30. And Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. The theme of our family worship service this morning is Emerging Stronger and Wiser. Emerging Stronger and Wiser. Beloved in Jesus Christ, our God is a God of love. God's love for his people, God's love for you and me, of such great magnitude that, if, that it defies any human description. Because God loves us so much, God watches over us, God nurtures us, God protects us and God is patient with us. The God that we serve is not a vengeful or fickle God and he does not harbor any grudges. God is a forgiving God. Forgiveness is in God's nature and one of God's attributes. God grants us opportunities to repent when we stray from his ways. God grants us an opportunity to return back to him because he loves us so much. Although God loves us so much, it does not mean that God cannot discipline us when we stray from his path. 
But before God disciplines us, he grants us an opportunity to turn from the error of our ways. God therefore calls us to obedience and God calls us to truth, so that our experiences with God will be undivided and inspired and undergirded by the everlasting arms of God. All that God desires is that we obey him, keep in tune with him. If we don't keep in tune with God, God's Spirit comes to us and God continues to speak words of warning when we are in danger of losing our way or when we don't listen to his warning words or messages of warning. The prophet Jeremiah's words had fallen on deaf ears when he warned the king and the people, do what is right and do what is just. But the greatest sin of the people was the violation of the terms of the covenant. God raised a heathen king to do God's will and to fulfill his purpose. God disciplined them and Israel found themselves in trouble. Israel found themselves under Gentile rule and under Gentile domination because they refused to repent, they refused to listen to God. Have you ever warned a friend? Have you ever warned a child? Have you ever warned someone that you know and said to them, if you continue with this kind of behavior, if you continue along this path, if you continue to make bad choices and associate yourself with unsavory characters, you will end up in trouble. And when that person who refused stubbornly to listen to your advice ends up in trouble, then the following words remains on the tip of our tongues and we want to spit it out of our mouths when we said, I have told you so, or you should have listened to me. When the prophet Jeremiah warned the people to remain faithful to God and to return to the land of their birth, he was imprisoned, he was beaten, he was locked up, he was tossed into a muddy well because they did not want to listen to his words of warning. Have you ever discussed the error of a person's life with him or her and see how angry that person become or how rude that person become? But this morning we realize that the aim of God's discipline at the time was to produce in the Israelites a character or a pattern of behavior in line with the covenant terms. It was to rebuild a healthy relationship and thereafter maintain that healthy and, and satisfying relationship with God. It was to help them to make better choices about their behavior. It was to help them to make better choices about their pattern of living that was at the time not based on I am your God and you are my people. The prophet Jeremiah reminded the people that with an act of repentance, a new covenant can be produced in the hearts of the people. All that the people needed to do was to apologize to God for the error of their ways, something that some people find very hard and very difficult to do. Because in order to apologize for hurt and harm caused, take faith, it takes courage, and it takes grace. And so the people need to apologize, put right their old ways and change their moral attitude 
that had become so damaging and destructive to their relationship with God. From this act of confession, from this act of repentance, a new life will begin to emerge for them. They will be stronger and they will be wiser. Learning from the error of the ways, God will now write this new covenant in their hearts. It is meant that they will carry it through memory, that they will carry the terms of the covenant through memory in their hearts. God's word will now be written on the tablets of their consciousness. It will confer a new motivation to obey the terms of the covenant. I am your God and you are my people. When Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he declared, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of their sins. The old covenant was sealed with blood. The blood of the lambs was brushed on the doorpost of the homes of the Israelites in Egypt. This was a sign that God had passed over, sparing the lives of God's people. The new covenant was to be sealed with the blood of the lambs, with the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the living Lamb of God. His blood was hundreds of times more potent than the blood of the lambs that was brushed on the doorpost in Egypt. And it is to carry away the sins of the world. And so on that Monday, Thursday evening, Jesus was saying to, disciple, to his disciples when he had the Last Supper with them, I am ready to lay down my life. The meal in the upper room proved it beyond a shadow of doubt that Calvary was a planned gift, that there on Calvary Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many, for you and me, for generations before us, and for generations to come. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who carried away, who carried away the sins of the world. Constituting this new covenant sealed by his blood, Jesus called all people, all of humankind, all nations and people everywhere to be in a relationship with God through him as our Lord. The moment we accept this call of Jesus to become part of his new covenant, we have become part of the chosen people. And if we were now part of this new covenant, have compromised our principles, lowered our standards, or lost sight of God's way, then we have wandered and strayed from God's path. Should any one of us then experience a bleak time, should we experience a barren patch in our lives or a crisis in our lives, we will know deep within our hearts that it is God who is disciplining us disciplining us for straying away from his path. The truth in Jesus is that God loves you and me. Calvary speaks to this truth. Because God loves us, God desires that we should open our hearts to the risen living Christ. With open hearts, we should ask the Holy Spirit to search our spirits and reveals to us on a personal level 
as a family or to reveal to us as a nation, as a people of God, what is it that we do that is contrary to the will of God? What is it that we do that we live in contrast to and in conflict with the perfect and pleasing will of God? We may ask this question because we want to become the people. We want to become that family, that nation, or I want to, I desire to become that person that God wants me to be. We don't want to compromise our principles. We don't want to lower our standards. We don't want to lose our way. We don't want to shatter the terms of this new covenant. When we realize that we have compromised our principles, that we have lowered our standards, that we have lost our way, this realization can bring us face to face with the immense forces of our selfishness as a person, as a family, as a group of people, or even a nation. We actually discover the hardness of our hearts and the willful, destructive, evil forces that we carry within us. As some people steal the food parcels of the poor, the food parcels of the vulnerable, or withhold those food parcels and the distribution thereof for some measure of gain. Food parcels meant for the vulnerable, food parcels meant to feed those whose homes COVID-19, whose homes COVID-19 created a food crisis, or when finances are meant for service delivery to the people and it ends up in, the per, in a person's pocket. It reminds us of the evil forces and our capacity for evil doing that we carry within us. Or we see the suffering, we see the pain, we see the poverty around us as God used COVID-19 to shine God's light on it. And we remain unmoved, we remain untouched. And the only thing that we say is, ah, shame. We have lost our way. We live with a, que a questionable standard and we live with questionable standards. And God is exposing our falseness and God's love is missing in our lives. In the resurrected body of Jesus, we cannot but see the power of God's love. And if COVID-19 has turned your world or the world upside down, then meeting the love of God in the risen Christ will most assuredly turn your world or the world right side up again. To get to this kind of Easter comes with pain. It comes with grief and sadness. It comes with a body broken and it comes with blood that was shed on Calvary. Or it may even plunge us into the depths of darkness as we search for that Easter light. And so Easter will come when we stop lowering our standards. Easter will come when we stop compromising our Christian principles. Easter will come for us personally. Easter will come for our families, our nation, the nations of the world, when we realize that we have actually lost our way. Thus the urgency to renew our covenant with God, to repent and return to God. This is the moment and this is the time right now. It's the opportunity time to, to turn to God. And so on this fourth Sunday of Easter, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper via Zoom, 
that moment of repentance, that moment of forgiveness presents itself to us again. A moment to walk with the risen Christ, a moment to recommit ourselves to Him. And so in recommitting ourselves to God, a new life will begin to emerge for you. A new life will begin to emerge for your family in our province and in our nations as we learn from our past mistakes and as we learn from the error of our ways. We will emerge stronger. We will emerge wiser. And so remain close to the risen Christ. Walk with him. And God says to you and will say to you, I'm your God, you are my people. I will strengthen you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Glory be to God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and forever will be. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask for no rewards today except that we remain in your will and in your purposes for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.